Hey, everybody. Welcome to Inside Situation, a bi-weekly podcast where we share with you some of the conversations we're having in the agency. I'm Peter Yajistic, head of technology at Situation, and I am joined this week by Kevin McCauley from our creative team. Hello, Kevin. Hi, Peter. And we are especially joined by our VP of creative, Tom Lorenzo. Hey, Tom. Hey, Peter. It's Welcome. great to be back. I feel like I was just here. Deja vu yeah. all over again. The uh, weird part was that we didn't even invite Tom. He was just walking by and saw us recording. He just came he just on. I just came on in. I couldn't. Just sat right Thank you. Guys. Well, it's a very inviting space. Uh, Jordan is not with us this week, but she will be back on a future podcast soon. And uh, the reason it feels like we were all just together uh, is because this is our actual second go at recording this uh, issue of the podcast. Um, the topic that we wanted to talk about this week was uh, how to own something that you break or how to adapt when something or a project doesn't doesn't actually get executed the way you thought. And the universe must have known that this was our topic because after we recorded the podcast yesterday, I went to edit the audio files and they were unusable. So it's as if we're living our topic this week. How do we adjust? How do we get back up and, and take one more swing at it? Uh, and I, I own... You know, the, the, I'm owning the fact that our, our first go at this podcast didn't, wasn't as successful as we wanted. So I got the guys back together and we're going to take another swing at it. Um, Tom, you yeah. have been at the agency longer than any of us. How, what, what part of, you know, working in a creative agency with a lot of subjective opinions and then layering technology on top of that, which has its own foibles. And, and, you know, a lot of times we're trying to do things that have never been done before. You know, how much of a part of the day to day is dealing with the unexpected, dealing with things that come up that, uh, you know, we wish had gone better or that we didn't anticipate? Um, a lot of it. Yeah, I think failure is a part of our everyday lives here, you know, and that which doesn't mean catastrophic total failure. Right. But there's little pieces of failure mixed into everything we do. <laughs> and that's just the nature of the digital landscape. Uh, everything is changing so quickly. Everything is very, very complicated. In a way where it's almost possible to fail while you're succeeding, if that makes any sense. And I think what we have to be good at, I think what we have been good at is sort of uh, having an eagle eye and enough self-awareness to understand when we're failing so we can actually do something about it. And also enough confidence to understand that, hey, you're failing, but that doesn't mean that you suck. You know, right. <laughs> like you're you're supposed to fail. It's designed to fail. It's almost uh, – it makes us better in that way. Yeah, I guess if you if you own the fact and understand that failure is a part of anything that's ultimately successful, you know, then it, it has less of a hold over you in terms of something that you're petrified by. You can kind of say, "All right, well, that didn't work the way that we thought." And how do we iterate? How do we how do we take it to the next level or learn from that? And you hit on something interesting. How, how can you tell? you know, as a project is going along that something's not quite right? Like, what is that spidey sense moment when you, you get the sense that, okay, we might need a mid-course correction? Well, usually for me, it's when Kevin is involved in the project. <laughs> I know something is probably not right about this. And we should really, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, that's, a, that's a good question. When, uh, you know, when do you know? I think it, it depends, it, de it depends on the project. I think, you know, you, you know, when you start, when it starts becoming a reality, with whatever you're executing in begins to take some sort of tangible shape right. in the digital world, if that's possible. Mm -hmm. um, and then you begin to see it and then you're like, oh, wait a minute, that, that way that we were planning on doing it in this more tangible setting is not exactly going to work the way we thought. So we're going to have to sh 
change things up a bit. Um, and I think you have to always be willing to do that. And, and I think it, t- it takes a certain mindset to do that because, you know, like uh, you know, we always say here, you know, no plan survives first attack. Um, you know, we're always, everything will always shift. So when you spot that failure, you can't let it get you down. You got to just say, okay, that's not working. Let's just change that and let's, let's move on and let's keep this thing going. Do you have, uh, from your long history of working here, are there any examples or anecdotes that stick out, uh, you know, that we've learned from over the years and things that kind of changed, you know, how we do what we do or, or things that we tried that didn't work out exactly as we planned, but we, you know, we gained something from that experience anyway. Yes, I have some examples. I have older examples Sorry, Kevin. Good. Would you share them with us? Oh, yeah. oh that was I'm sorry. You wanted me to actually expand on that answer. I was going to give single word answers. Like, <laughs> yes, if that's not appropriate yes. for podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> I have not actually heard a podcast before, so I'm unfamiliar with the format. <laughs> well, <laughs> you may not hear this one either. Who knows? That, that's true. I'm hoping it might be lost have some again. Audio problems. Uh, no, no. This is, I mean, I've been here a long time, so there's a ton of examples. Of what's good is. I, I have examples from many, many years ago when most people weren't here, so I feel like it's very safe to, to say them. Um, so, I mean, like one, one that kind of pops in my head, one that you guys probably know because I said it yesterday and now I'm going to repeat it for the, <laughs> for the listening audience, is um, years and years ago, uh, we, uh, we, we, had never, we, we did not use external resources, meaning we never pushed stuff out to freelancers um, and we really solely depended on our in-house staff. And that's great. We still do depend on our in-house staff for most work. But like any agency, you need external resources to be able to scale as, as things get busy sure. and to be able to tap into very specific specialties that it just doesn't make sense to hire and have on board. So, but we never did that. And there was actually an aversion internally to, to doing that. Um, but we kind of knew we, we should do it. Um, so I kind of took the initiative years and then again, this is like eight years ago when we had never done before to be like, you know what, let's try this thing out. So I think it was a few flash banners. This was like, you know, like a while ago, relatively small project, but we found freelancers and I think they were overseas at the time. I think one was overseas, one was domestic and, uh, we tried this out and it just horribly failed. Like it was a total miserable failure. In the end, we ended up executing them in-house if the client was, didn't even know what was going on. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but, but from us, from a financial point of view and a project workflow internal point of view, it was horrible. It just didn't work. So it was a total failure. And what, I, what, what happened at the end is Damien, who owns the company, for everybody listening, if you don't know that, um, he was, his, his response to this was, you know what? I'm glad we tried to do that. And he, it felt like he was sincere when he said that. I don't know if he actually was, you know, really upset about it, but, <laughs> but it, it seems sincere. And I think that spirit, uh, I think that's the spirit we have in, in, in the agency. It's like we took a shot at doing something we knew we need to do to evolve ourselves in order to get better. We failed here, but we took a swing and in, in that way we were taking a step forward. Now, sometimes you fail and it's not a step forward and that's not a good thing, but often you fail and it, it actually is a net positive because you have progressed in that direction that you know you need to go. Um, so that's definitely one of them. I've got a, a, a ton of ton of other. We could spend just hours talking about well, <laughs> my personal failures. Yeah, I think you brought up a good point. I mean, you know, today we do have, I think, a, a smart way of how we freelance when we do, and whether that's a specialty, you know. So ultimately, we did learn from that, and we learned how to how so to. I'll make take that full credit of, for yeah all of that for all the failures for Jackie's uh, great project <laughs> management. Uh, yeah, Jackie, you're welcome. But but would you say that uh, in that instance? 
was it uh, was the main challenge communication, uh, you know, whether it was overseas or different languages or just expectation? You know, what if you had to look back at that particular incident, was there a reason that you think it didn't work out as well as it could or? I, I, well, yeah, in that particular case, I think it was expectation of skill level mm-hmm. um, and, you know, and being able to truly, uh, you know, gauge someone's ability to do the work you want them to do. Right. And I think we thought that the, the people that we were working with could do the job in the way that we wanted to do it, but they couldn't. And that, that's a big part of, of what we do here all the time is yeah. gauging talent. Um, and I think over the years, I think we've gotten, we've gotten better at it. Um, but, but, you know, you're, you, you have to, you know, you have to, you have to sort of pick the right people to do the job and then kind of trust them to do it. Um, and sometimes, you know, you'll fail at that, but hopefully you learn from it. Right. I, you know, one of the things in, in managing kind of the build and execution process over a number of years, the, one of the, the key things that I always keep my eye out for is that cone of silence. You know, we have internal deadlines as a project is being built and, you know, you may miss that first one and be like, oh, I thought I'd get to it by the day, but I didn't. And then, you know, whenever, you know, you're in the phase of putting a project together where it's just too quiet, (laughs) you know, that's when my spidey sense starts to go off. And uh, sometimes working with developers, you know, they, they can become laser focused on one particular challenge because that's how their brains work. They, they want to tackle something and, and you, you know, you kind of sometimes have to extract them and say, okay, well, how, you know, I can't do what you do, but what, tell me your thought process and what you're working on. What are you focusing your, your energy on right now? And sometimes it might be a thing that's, uh, you know, a, a part of the project that they really want to get done. But meanwhile, this other big, you know, all 90% of the project is being ignored because they're focused on this one yeah. kind of black hole item. So I think as much as, you know, that brings up the, the idea of kind of like trusting your team versus micromanaging. I mean, you have to, you have to let the people that you're working with do their job. That's part of, you know, everybody comes to the table and brings their own contribution uh, but, you know, as a manager, you have to kind of keep your eye open for when people might just be giving themselves enough rope to hang themselves with and, and try to prevent that. I think, you know, we I'm, the worst thing that we can do as an agency is ever let one of our team members be out on that, that limb of the branch by themselves and then have some sort of catastrophe. Um, you know, I think we really try to make sure that everybody has a buddy. Everybody has the ability to kind of escalate uh, you know, something to the next layer uh, so that so that we don't have those reveal moments, you know, in the same way that, you know, nobody wants to see the thing for the first time the day before it launches. You want to make sure that we're, uh, you know, we're all managing the expectation as it goes along. Uh, Kevin, you, you've had the, the opportunity to work in two different departments since you've been here. You worked in the client services team for a while before joining the creative team. Um, do you, is, are there differences that you've seen in kind of project expectation and management managing expectations whether it's having to tell a client you know this isn't exactly how we thought it was going to turn out but here's what it is or or are there differences between you know client services and creative from you know managing our internal expectations i think it really comes down to a lot of what we talked about in the last podcast this is collaboration um just when you're working on a project i mean it's very seldom that uh, at least here, that that situation comes up where someone could be so far out in the limb uh, that a project does fall down a rabbit hole of sorts. Um, so when things happen, it does feel like a team effort for better or for worse. Right. And that makes it easier to own up to those things when they do happen Like because you know that you have that support. So you're uh, in it together. Yeah, you're in it together where you're, you're presenting it to 
internally or externally, you know that everyone has worked together to this means it's not ever on one person. So if we accept the fact that, you know, in our creative environment, failure is a part of the everyday and that that we're not going to hit everything out of the park the first time, how does trust become an important part of knowing that you're in a fail-safe environment, that that you have you, – you, you are going to be encouraged to push yourself beyond your limits and sometimes reach beyond your grasp? You know, is it empowering uh, to be able to know that, that that is part of the job is to not stay in your safety zone but to kind of reach for the stars? You know, how does that impact, you know, how, how we approach things creatively? Yeah, I mean I think uh, I think it is empowering – and hopefully, you know, in a lot of ways for members of the creative team where we're almost expecting them to push push the envelope a bit uh, into a place where they're not comfortable with and knowing when they do that, there's going to be a lot more opportunity for failure. Now, that, now th- when I say failure, it doesn't necessarily mean, again, like the end product or the end result is a failure, but the road to whatever piece of work we're putting out there might be riddled with failures, even in a successful, uh, you know, even if it's ultimately successful. So, but in knowing that's going to happen, I think the trust is huge because, uh, you know, if I'm sitting there and I need to come up with ideas or somebody, somebody on the creative team is coming up with a concept, um, we want them to be, we want them to feel like they can kind of take it in any direction and go anywhere um, and not just, you know, worry about going down that, you know, the, the well-paved road, which is just going to, you know, get us into like Boringville and, and just snooze, you know, be like snooze fest. Um, so we want to do cool stuff. In order to do that, you've got to, you just always have to be kind of risking, risking a bit. And and how, you know, having worked on kind of a number of those projects where we're trying to do something innovative, we're trying to do something that nobody's ever done before, you know, at what point do you, you know, kind of extending that trust, you know, bring that idea to the the team of people that actually have to build it, uh, the developers, uh, you know, who are, who have to take kind of what I usually say is take those rainbows and turn them into widgets, especially in a world that's never been done before. Like oh, yeah. What, how, how do you, how do you know when to bring them into the process so that it's, it's beneficial to the creative ideation. Totally, yeah. And right now, I would have to say that I'm having, I have a lot of warm feelings towards developers because we, we just we just successfully launched a pretty big project, which they worked very very hard on. Very hard. Uh, yeah. That was awesome and a big project for us. Um, so yeah. So and I think the the answer to the question is to get them in as early as possible. Um, and I think uh, the challenge of that conversation is. And a lot of it, I think, is on on the developer side as well, is being at both sides being open to compromise. Mm-hmm. So from a creative end, having your wild vision of you know this this you know whatever it is, this crazy robot chicken that's going to go off in Times Square and it's going to be like virtual reality god like craziness. From that to uh, you know on, on the creative side and then on the development side. To sort of you know, so dial that down a bit. Maybe the chicken doesn't need to wear the goggles. And then on the development <laughs> side, on the, on the development but he side, has to have the goggles, Tom. We <laughs> sold it through with the goggles. That's true. <laughs> on the development side, not just say immediately, I'm not fucking building a robot chicken. Are you allowed to swear in this podcast? Yeah, yeah. yeah have we no. sworn before? Did we you just swear? Yeah. I just I, said, I must be so immune to it. I didn't even. I said, I, I, I believe I said the word "fuck" in a, a variation of it. I, oh. I, Is that okay? I, I, it's perfectly fine. Flew right over my head. Okay, now I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of let's go let's go a little blue let's on this. Get ready for this? Right. Oh, I'm ready. So the developers like I'm not gonna build <laughs> this fucking chicken. No, wait, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but like they have to they have to sort of hear the idea and just not immediately shut it down and say okay. 
there is a there is a middle ground here. Let's do it. And uh, and then so it, it's about each side kind of trusting each other. But ideally, those conversations happen right in the beginning. Um, it's a bit of a pull and pull, but it's also like you know let's 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 make something happen together. It's also you know I think to find the right combination of personalities. You know, because <clears throat> sometimes when you are the one implementing it, you first hear an idea. Yeah, that your reaction can be that can't be done, which is not what you want. You also don't want the other extreme where someone says, yeah, sure, I'm sure we'll figure it out. You you really need yeah, someone yeah. to come in with critical thinking somewhere in that middle Goldilocks path to say, well, that's challenging. And I don't know how we're going to do it yet, but – you know, let me marinate on it. Maybe in a two days when I'm in the shower, the, the eureka moment's going to happen. And I think it's, you know, from the point of view, it's really important for the developer to know that there is some flexibility. And again, that's where I think when, when, when they do run into a problem, you know, to have the emotional intelligence to raise their hand and not just kind of ba- bang their head against something endlessly, but to say, you know, I thought this was going to work in this way. I, I think we've done everything we can do to try. Can I? Can we come back to the drawing board and look at an alternate way of doing it? <clears throat> you know, it takes a lot of uh, maturity, I think, to to come back to the team and, and have to rethink something that's that's in process. Definitely, Kevin. Have you uh, you know in, in the projects that you've worked on, how uh, you know in terms of needing to change midstream? Are there any examples that you can think of from? Uh, where where you've been asked to kind of reconceive of an idea based on how something was, uh, you know, a difficulty that was encountered. Pretty much every day, uh, I can't think I, I can't think of anything specific. But just so many projects, especially because uh, in my position on the creative team, a lot of times it starts with uh, I get to start the project off. It comes from okay, this is what we want to do. Let's kick it off with you, and then I you know come up with these either ridiculous ideas or just ideas that aren't going to work or things that we haven't done before. And a lot of the time, people will be like, our designers will look at me and be like, uh, okay. But I've seen them. I've seen the designers and developers and just the collaboration come together and like make some magic happen. And then I've also seen just yesterday there was a project where we we all sat down and looked at it together and went. No, <laughs> this was a mistake. And we went right back. And you know what? A couple hours later, we were right back on track and we had a, a great product that came out of it. Um, but yeah, just every day in our work is this great level of collaboration that lends itself to everything we've been talking about so far in terms of the opportunity to fail and succeed together, which is a great feeling. So let me ask you, how do you, when you are you know, coming up with a creative ideas, maybe something that's never been done before, what are the thing? How do you describe what's in your in your mind? Do you try to point to examples and say, you know, I think it would be interesting if we did something like these guys did over here on this website, or I don't know how this happens, but look at this really cool transition. You know, is it is it kind of looking around in examples when they exist, or how do you vet you know that crazy idea that that maybe only lives in your head? What are the resources that you use to say? Is this something that can be done? Is this something, you know, one, one phrase that uh, comes up around the agency a lot is, is, is it possible? And I, I always try to spin that into, can it be done well? Or can it, you know, cause possible is, can mean a lot of different things, but how do you, how do you approach something that, that might not be possible? With both of those things you just said, either if I can find an example of it, either internally or something I've seen before, then I will put that in there when I, when we're talking about it, I'll bring that up. Or uh, there have been times where I'm just, 
in my head and I'm explaining and it's a, the important thing in that process is face-to-face communication. I can't stress that enough. Like putting it into a document or anywhere else is just doesn't get the job done in those situations. You have to get up and you have to talk to people. And oftentimes you have to talk to a few people who are involved with the project altogether. Uh, but it, it actually is amazing how, uh, you can describe something that's in your head and describe it poorly. Like I often do, uh, and have other people, Imagine it or reimagine it in a better way. Uh, but it really just, again, comes down to communication. And yes, using the tools that you have, like ex- examples that you might have af- out there, but also just trusting your team members to uh, help you in the process. And, and, you know, if so, say you have gone, you, you have gone through that moment, like you described yesterday, where everybody sat down and they looked at it and they realized that it was off the mark. You know, how do you. How do you get the energy back into the project so that everybody doesn't feel just dispirited with kind of this monstrous creation that's happened? How do you get people back into the mode of being creative and getting it back on the right track? I mean, to me, that really just falls within the environment that we have here. Uh, you know, not to sound too preachy or like, you know, head in the clouds about it, but, uh, you know, it happened and one of us, someone made a joke about how terrible it turned out and we were all laughing and we said, okay. And we set a new path and we got it done. It's really just, it's about the people you have. It's about the team you have and the talent you have and the relationships that you form. You're working on projects together. That really makes that stuff uh, not an issue most of the time. Uh, And it's great. At the end of the day, like uh, I think it's like, you know, I think about the creative team. It's like, we have to be pros. And I think there's a difference. Like a lot of people are, you know, a lot of people sometimes uh, will think about, oh, the creative team, you guys are going off and you're thinking of these fun ideas. What a great, fun job. And it is fun. But, you know, like when you're a pro, you do it even when it's not there. <laughs> even when the right. ins- you're not naturally inspired. Like there are things that will naturally inspire you. You almost have to be someone who will become inspired about anything. Right. Um, and if something goes wrong, you're a pro and you know, I'm not going to pout about this because this – you know, I'm a pro and I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on to the next thing. So then to focus then on the successes would seem to be just as important as to understanding the, the things that don't go well. So how do you, you know, it isn't, isn't it just as important when, you know, as you mentioned earlier, we got to the other side of a project that was looking a little hairy, you know, it came down to the wire, but ultimately we knocked it out of the park. It, you know, just as much as it's important not to, you know, beat everybody up when we don't do stuff, you know, how important is celebrating the successes that we have and, and building on top of those? I think it's really important. I, I, I that's probably something we don't do enough. Um, you know, Sometimes we move so quickly, it's like, hey, high five, great job. And then it's like, next thing. It's like literally right. an email might go out um, and then for something really big and then you just – it's gone. By the end of the day, it's like it never happened or like it's just ancient history. Um, and that's just the pace of an agency. But um, I think that's that's actually one thing that we should do a lot uh, a better job of and we're actually thinking about what we do to mark mark that occasion more without you know congratulating ourselves too much because it'd just be a constant celebration yeah. like, popping champagne pop at the end of the day <laughs> we did it the champagne day the cruise thousand percent that HTML email was gorgeous <laughs> clients get bills what's this champagne line here but it is, it is important I think it's important for everybody to take a, to take a breath and be like. We did that, you know. Like we did, we made this thing, and there's something like uh, it's, it's, it is a moment. Like we all came together, we created this thing, and we put it out there in the world, and now people are using it. Like that's 
Right. That's what's so fun about it. Well, and I, I think on the director level, we, we get to revisit those things a lot, especially when we're talking to potential new clients, whether we're showing them work that we've done. So I think there is an, I, I can say personally, you know, having, having been here for all, almost six years, it's nice to be able to sit down and look back at our, our case studies and our, our work and, and be really be proud of it and kind of celebrate it to new people that it, because it's very easy to become excited about things that, 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 you know, we have that attachment to. And, and, you know, I think, I think you're right. I think we do, if we can find a way to kind of celebrate that with the whole, the rest of the team a little bit more. And we do that somewhat with our kind of quarterly agency presentations. We try to show, you know, the things to some members of the team that might have no idea what was going on. So I I think. And ultimately with like the client as well, you know, like, and often we'll, we'll do it, but that celebration includes the client in a really big way. You know, at at the end of the day, you know, it's kind of an aside, but it's really important to mention that any thing that comes out of this or any other agency is the client's work um, because it will would not happen without that client. So whenever you see great work, that means that there is a great client behind it and right. they should be part of that celebration. Absolutely. Well, listen, I think we should celebrate another wonderful podcast. Take two, uh, you know, God willing, this one will go out. Uh, Kevin, Tom, thank you guys so much for a great conversation. Really appreciate your time. And thank you to our listeners. Uh, if you have any f- ideas for future podcasts or any feedback, we would love to hear it. Please send it to podcast at situation.myc. And we will talk to you guys again in a couple of weeks. Bye.